0: it's Crystal. Hey,
1: it's Jessica. We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work, family drama, and everything in between.
0: Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human. Hey guys, welcome back, it's Crystal. Um, It is my turn now to ask Jessica some good questions and put her on the hot seat. So I am really glad that you guys are joining us and welcome back as we get to know Jessica on a much deeper level. You guys are gonna find her just as fabulous as I do. So grab a drink, get comfy and let's get to know Jessica. Hi everyone. Hey, how are you today?
1: I am good. I am here and ready to get a little bit vulnerable with you.
0: Oh, I love it. We'll be nice. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> good. Awesome. So let's just jump straight into some questions. Um, can you tell us who is Jessica? Just kind of high level Cliff Notes version. Who are you? Oh my goodness. Um,
1: so I am a 28 year old single lady living in Houston. Um, And right now just kind of trying to figure out who I am. I think I'm still at that phase of life where I have so much still to learn about myself, but I've really come a long way from even my mid-20s. So still kind of getting my footing in life and who I want to be and keep presenting out to the world. Um, I came from a smaller town, so Houston has been a big transition for me, but I'm really enjoying my little sex in the city moment, as I call it. I feel like Carrie Bradshaw (laughs) in my little apartment. (laughs) Love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, I live really close to my sisters there in Houston and in Galveston, and I have a really great group of of friends, and then I'm really close with my family. So really trying to stay rooted all the time, but still explore and kind of push myself and my boundaries and get uncomfortable a lot.
0: <laughs> and oh, that's grow. so
1: fun. But yeah. Oh, um,
0: that sounds so fun and exciting. And I love that you are just so open to exploring and learning more about yourself and life and the world. Such a good time of, to do that.
1: Yes. I've never been one to take the easy route ever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My family, I feel like we, it started, we had been um, affected by a hurricane back whenever I was in junior high. And my dad was like, well, we're going to build a barn, but we're not going to hire anybody to help us. So it was like my dad my mom and my two younger sisters and me just building a barn. And ever since then, that's kind of been my life. I went off to college and moved in with my older cousin and his male roommate, never having lived with guys before. Oh, wow. and went off to A&M, did that whole thing and just constantly so doing. So you had a
0: real work. learning experience, not just
1: academics,
0: but mm-hmm. life
1: with boys. Life with boys. That was interesting. Boys that hunted. So I did get to have every fall semester, <laughs> every weekend was to myself during hunting season. That was really nice. Nice.
0: Yes. I'm sure that was very much appreciated.
1: Yes, <laughs> that was the cleaning <laughs> weekends
0: because it wasn't the cleanest house, but it was a fun house for sure. Oh, that's good. Awesome. So I know that you've got a lot going on with work and exploring the city. What do you do to help get yourself kind of pumped up or, or ready or in the right mood to take on that next challenge? Um, so
1: I'm always one to go to Starbucks. <laughs> I always can, a good coffee can change my mood in an instant, but I'm also really similar to you in that I will just kind of stop everything and have a dance party by myself. I'm sure my next door neighbor loves me for that, Um, (laughs) but I will turn on what's up by the four non-blondes. And you would think that I am them performing like the last (laughs) concert ever. (laughs) I will just like scream, sing it and dance. And I have a full choreography that I do in my living room. Oh, that's fabulous. For You sure. might
0: need a video of that
1: at some point. Oh, goodness. That would, <laughs> <laughs> that would take a couple of bottles of wine to get me to that point where I would share that with the world. It's, it's not pretty, but it works.
0: <laughs> hey, whatever works. I, I am with you. I'm not the best dancer either, but I, I so enjoy it. I love it. That movement and just being free in that moment. So yes. it doesn't have to look good. It just has to feel good. Yeah. I always say it's lyrical dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good title. So speaking of that, what is your kind of favorite quote or your kind of go-to mantra to kind of keep yourself motivated or inspired?
1: So I wish it was something super deep and like really beautiful. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) It is, um, why the fuck not me? And it was said by Mindy Kaling in one of her books. And it just resonated with me. And it's one of those things that I will kind of ask myself as soon as I start doubting, like, do I really deserve this? Did I earn it? Did I work hard enough for it? I just will stop and be like, why the fuck not me? Like, why don't I deserve this? And when I ask it that way, I'm kind of like, girl, you do like you have been putting in work and it just makes me reset my mind and I love it. And it's kind of sassy, which I really like too.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Cause you are sassy. So I think having that sassy (laughs) mantra is is like appropriate and it, you know, kind of gets you like you can take on the world, right? Like gets you, yes. getting you into that mindset, I think is awesome.
1: Definitely. And the F word is one of my favorite words. I will, I will own that. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime that I can sneak it in somewhere, I like it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, well, let's keep it a little fun. If you were stranded on a des- des- deserted island for 90 days, what three supplies would you take with you?
1: So I like you would also like, I have a practical things and then I have non-practical things and the logical side of my mind is like, well, I'd bring a machete so I could chop down trees for shelter, um, stuff to make a fire and like a water straw that you could drink water with without having to boil it (laughs) because I know myself and I doubt my fire skills are as up to par as they need to be (laughs) to actually start one on an Island. But the non-practical side of me is like, I need my Spotify So, I could have music because if I'm going to be alone for 90 days, I'm going to have to dance or I will have a breakdown or two. And then I would want some books as well. And then a journal because I could just imagine when I get like dark and moody, like what I would be writing in that journal. And I would love to go back and look at it when I was rescued and be like, gosh, you were being so emo that day. Like, you had everything you needed. Why were you being so like, oh, the world is horrible?
0: <laughs> oh, but I think that like ties right into your self-exploration point too, right? Like that reflection and being able to kind of journal what's happening to you in the moment and how meaningful it is. Yes. And I know you. You're an idea person too. I bet you there would be some really cool ideas that came out of that journaling.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say that, but I found some of my journals from junior high, I would like to say elementary, but they were junior high. And I found a pros con list of all the guys I had crushes on and how oh, cute celebrities. And it was like, why I couldn't date Johnny Depp. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, gosh, Like that's what I would be journaling. That's what my journaling style is.
0: Well, I mean, I think you've grown a little bit since junior high, but I mean, so, a, a good pro con list is important. So yeah. don't discredit that. I mean, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp might've been a little far-fetched, but- I mean, it was Pirates of the Caribbean season. You know, I had to, everybody was on that train. (laughs) You had to, you had to go there for sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What's some of the things that are on your bucket list? Do you have a few you could share with us? Yes. So I for
1: sure want to go to Ireland. That has always been on my bucket list and it's one of those trips that every time I feel like I get close to planning, I will stop myself from going because I'm so scared now it won't live up to the dream and the expectations I have of it, oh, that yeah. it worries me. Um, that gives you a little insight into my psyche. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also, you know, another thing on my bucket list is I eventually do want to get married and have kids. And right now that's a bucket list item for me because it's not in my immediate future. So that's a big one too
0: that's fun well you know they have good castles in ireland so maybe we can combine some of our bucket list things if we could do a show in ireland wouldn't that be fun that would be so fun
1: we would have to do I... it at like a bar and have a little yeah. background jig
0: yeah i'm i can see us now like jotting that down to our bucket list so <laughs> <I know. laughs> it may not be the top two or three but it's on there <laughs>
1: yeah it'll be five for sure top five
0: yeah <laughs> awesome so if money or education like was not an issue or a factor for you, what would you be doing with your life? What career would you have?
1: Oh my goodness. So it's kind of stayed the same ever since I've, I guess, been in college before <laughs> my, my mom will tell you all the time that my dream job growing up was to be a Gary's coffee shop waitress and then I realized that there was no money, (laughs) no money in that, (laughs) and Gary's in my town closed down, so that would have been a sad day, (laughs) but um, when I got into college, like, my biggest dream was to work with people with disabilities, so I'm really blessed that I get to do that now and have been doing that since I graduated college, Um, but if money wasn't a problem at all, I would... Like you like to travel around to different countries and explore different cultures and just sort of see how people with disabilities fit into those cultures and then try to like work with the people to help them understand, you know, that people with disabilities, while they might not have the conventional things that we think of in terms of success, they have all of these really amazing talents that can be used and they, they can re- like really contribute to this to society and have a really fulfilled life, um, it just doesn't look the same for everybody. Which I think we could say that about people without disabilities too. Nothing looks the same for each person. So that was like always the dream in college was one day I'm gonna travel around and help people with disabilities really like come to fruition and be like well-known functioning parts of their society. Cause I think that's really lacking in some parts of the world. And now (laughs) that's sort of changed. And I really see the benefits of like job training and coaching. And I like do the little side hustle baking thing. And I would love to open up a day hab that's also a bakery to bring people in with disabilities to work in the bakery and learn job skills where they could go out and get other jobs and move on to bigger and better things, but have that be a thing. And I just, that's truly what I would love to do if money wasn't an issue.
0: That's awesome. I, I love that so much. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit, but is there like a defining moment or something from your past that you feel like has inspired you or kind of drawn you to that kind of work or that passion?
1: Yes. So I had an older cousin, Brandon, who had Down syndrome and with him being older than me, he was just always a part of my life. And It was never, when we were younger, you know, it wasn't, you didn't notice things or or the differences. And then as I got older, you know, with him kind of having different abilities than I did, the differences started showing and we come from a small town that there wasn't as much available and it wasn't as well known, you know, this was before social media and all of the amazing things people are doing all across the world, you know, is at the palm of your hands. And so that really, I guess he was my biggest motivator for everything. That's what I went to college for. It was just, I always knew that I wanted to help people like Brandon.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. I love it when you have that personal connection to Mm -hmm. something that really kind of inspires you and drives your passion. So thanks for sharing that with us. Of course. So what's some of the best advice you've ever received so I,
1: I receive this on the daily from my mom and dad. and I, <laughs> I hate it. I roll my time. Parental my time. advice is the best. <laughs> it's the best, but it's in the moment. It's like, oh, I don't want to hear this right now, <laughs> but they will both tell me all the time to not take myself too seriously. And it's something that I need to hear on the daily. Cause I will, I get in my head a lot. I overthink things a lot and they'll just like knock me off my high horse and be like, quit taking yourself so seriously. And it really is something to live by because I'm not that important in the grand scheme of things, and I need to quit worrying that like me having a bad day or bad moment is going to ruin the whole world. I, I'm not that important. <laughs> it's not that serious.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. I I probably need to remind myself of that more frequently as well. Um, so I, I'm going to take that advice too and add it to my sticky note you. collection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's some my
1: Mom's giving me that, I'll call you and be like, Mom, tell it to Crystal. I don't want to hear her right now. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, it looks like we're kind of winding down, but I have a couple of more serious, thoughtful questions here for you. So how would you define authentic? Ooh.
1: <laughs> I heard you give a beautiful explanation and like a definition for it. So now I'm a little bit nervous, but I think for me being authentic is, is showing up in who you are and just not changing yourself to fit the idea of who you think people want you to be Um, and just really presenting yourself as you are in that moment. You know, it it isn't always great or pretty, um, but just being unabashedly yourself all the time and really living that. So owning those things that make you unique and that make you who you are, even if it's not the cool thing to do, if it's off the beaten path, it's so important. And I think that whenever you have that and you live authentically, you really create a space for
0: other people to do that as well in your life. So how do you think people learn to, to live that way and to be authentic? Do you think it's something that we come by naturally or is it something that we are taught?
1: I will like fist on the table, be like, it is absolutely not something we do naturally. I think (laughs) our human instincts are to mirror other people and to fit in. That's kind of how we're hardwired. So I really think that it's a top like way of thinking or being. I think that, you know, if you have parents that live authentically, you kind of take that on. If you have friends that are authentic, you take that on, Um, which in a way is kind of mirroring them. But I think it's, it's something that you have to do every day, or at least for me, it's a daily challenge to be authentic and to show up in myself and who I am. It is not just a natural thing that comes to me. My natural thing is to just flex to however the person I'm talking to is and how I know like it'll make them happy. Um, But and I've already forgotten the question.
0: <laughs> like no, and you, you answered, yeah, you answered it beautifully. And I, I totally agree. I definitely think it's something that, um, we have to practice. It's a skill set that we have to practice, um, before it becomes, I, I don't want to say second nature, but you know, just part of our daily routine. Yeah. So yeah. I think before it becomes comfortable, because I think yeah. It's never going to be
1: for me a habit to be authentic, but I'm a lot more comfortable in it at this point in my life than I was
0: even a year ago. Oh, me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Well, what does it mean to be intentionally human? What does that mean to you or what feelings are brought up when you hear that?
1: So I do think that being intentionally human is almost the practice of authenticity of just showing up and owning your shit. I think that that's the biggest part of being human is knowing what you bring to the table, you know, good, bad, your strengths, your flaws. I, I think as humans, we all have this beautiful makeup and this like puzzle that makes us who we are. And then when we connect with others, we can keep building that puzzle or we have people that just don't fit into our puzzle and that's okay too. But that practice of being intentional is to me, the practice of being authentic at the same time, you're intentionally being authentic, you're intentionally showing up and owning your weaknesses in a work meeting, or even you and I in these podcasts, you know, we show up and we say, okay, I'm not great at mixing sound or social media or something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Because I, you know, the other person can pick up and go, well, I'm great at that. I'm comfortable with that. I can do that and having that freedom to just be human and not be perfect all the time or be robotic. Um, So for me, that's intentionally human is just showing up and being who you are all the time.
0: That's awesome. And I love the visual with the puzzle. Um, and how you kind of tied that into growth mm-hmm. as well as how it fits with other people, right? Like some people fit into our puzzle and some people don't like, I think that's such an important, um, piece to, to share and become comfortable with. Cause sometimes we become people pleasers mm-hmm. or, um, have this drive to make sure we fit in or can be part of a certain group and we try so hard to do that, that we sometimes lose ourselves in, in that practice. So I love that you brought that up and how you, um, brought that visual to that idea.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And when you said people pleasers, Crystal will tell you all the time that she's a recovering people <laughs> pleaser. And I've like started telling people that in my life, because I think if I say it enough and manifest it enough, it'll actually happen. <laughs> um, so I'm, I've taken Crystal's recovering people pleaser and i am like officially joined her, group on that one.
0: <laughs> yes, we will, we will, um, create a, an official support group for anybody else who <laughs> might yeah. want to join the club, those recovering perfectionists, people pleasers. Yes, yes. that is us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing so much. It was so fun getting to know you, Jessica. And I really hope that everyone who's listening enjoyed it just as much as I did. Um, And as we continue to kind of go through this podcast and talk about different topics, you will learn more about Jessica um, and myself. And we are really excited to have you guys come along with us on this journey.
1: Yes. Thank you all so much for joining us and hopefully, in our authenticity and showing up and being intentionally human, you find some time in your day to practice that a little bit too. And you keep coming back and
0: hanging out with us because we love it. Yep. And we love you guys. So find joy in being yourself. And if you need some motivation, crank that music up and start your own little dance party. It helps us and I'm sure it'll help you too. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. All right. We'll see you guys again soon.